this is Josh Porter. Jason Verkhart. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Solar Coaster episode 59. 59. Just 59. keep ranking up there, going further and further down the road. 59. So yep. this is, uh, we're actually talking with Michael and Thierry today, CEO of Sundrum. Has been on the show before. Yep. Uh, but we kind of do a little, little, little deeper. A little, little bit deeper. of a deeper dive. Uh, you know, we did uh, uh, get him out there to uh, a, a brewing company on island you might know of. And, uh, you know, th there's a lot of thermal uh, needs out there. And we talked and kind of toured around and got a sense for how his technology might be applicable there. Yep. If you so, don't remember, the, the sun drum is the module that goes underneath your regular PV solar electric module and actually collects thermal energy in addition to. So this it's a really interesting conversation. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, we're really, really stoked to learn more about how sun drum can uh, kind of get some uh, traction out here and, uh, yeah, and solve thermal needs for large-scale things, uh, organizations like that. So, uh, yeah, let's jump right in. we got a, cool, so a couple cool things to talk about today in news and events, and then we got some interesting stuff from the film festival that just happened yep. so uh, let's just jump right in here what do you say jay good guy sounds like a plan all right folks we are the solar coaster of renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely maui county you can be you can find us at fridays at 105 p.m right here at kaoi kaoi 11 10 a.m 96.7 fm central maui 96.5 fm west side 98.7 fm upcountry it is a call-in show you want to give us a call 242-7800-242-7800 don't be scared we're happy to get your call <laughs> all right so uh what although else you, you got may, although you may get on air <laughs> yeah really <laughs> Uh, we have the website up there, www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster, the actual hyphen, mm. .com. Uh, you can listen live right there. If you're out of range of any of those radio stations that Josh always forgets, uh, you can click in the <laughs> listen live link there. Our YouTube is unfortunately not streaming because we haven't found our uh, our. Oh, our next guru? Yeah, the guru yeah. there, but it's coming. Uh, we also actually, and I don't think I've ever shouted this out before, we're on social media. We're out there. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter and Instagram all have accounts. Uh, Solar right. Coaster, you can look up um, look up Solar Coaster and you find our logo in there. We're, we're really easy to find. We don't make ourselves difficult to, yeah. <laughs> to, I think to our, find out. I there. think our game plan is to is to kind of post more towards post show and then bring up the link so you have the audio file already ready to yeah, go. Yeah, that'll right? be the interesting thing. We'll have, we'll have the um, the shows up there. We also have a little bit of after show kind of stuff. I mean, if you want to dig in deeper sure. on a particular topic, we'll be up there on definitely Instagram or YouTube streaming uh, other things that don't necessarily make it on the air here, but still really interesting if you're in the renewable energy space. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on. We are uh, sponsored by a stable of great companies, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, we also have some podcasts, so we're doing our podcast stuff still, right, Yeah, podcasts, we're always up there. Those get uploaded automatically, so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever your preferred podcast platform is, you can look up Solar Coaster and uh, take us with you and wherever you go. Excellent. Yeah, check it out, the podcast. We do have some special announcements today before we move forward. Uh, at the Maui Film Festival, we did... Uh, or Maui Solar Project, I should say, did a raffle for an iPad. And we have the winner here. Not going to announce the name, but we'll give, in case you're out there listening, Mr. iPad winner. It is a mister. I just gave that part away. Uh, the, <laughs> the number on your raffle ticket is 100489. That's 100489. You don't have to do anything. We'll give you a call. I'll let you know. Uh, we have your phone number right here. Congratulations, and Mr. Congrats. 0 Congratulations, <laughs> Mr. Number. Um, yeah, and then also, so we've got some fun things that have been confirmed for the solar coaster future. Jay, do you want to share? Sure. We finally got confirmation that we will be on the floor at SPI. SPI is the largest solar power international. It's the largest trade show of that I know of that, that has to deal with renewable energies. Uh, it is literally 20,000 of the smartest people in renewable energies. I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, really. We're going <laughs> to have get up to on get... the stage in front of everybody. We'll have, we need to be on our game. But we will be, we will be doing the show live in Anaheim yeah. at SPI this year. So. Yeah. Very excited. Very excited. about that. That's in September uh, over in Anaheim. Happens to be next to Disneyland. Talking about having a little fun there after yeah, the show. That's, maybe. That's after, we'll say, after, right? after. 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 <laughs> okay. A lot of other good stuff going on with the coaster. We'll share more of that later. So we, uh, are we good? Do we jump into our news and events? Let's do news. All right. All right. Right off the bat, Bloomberg article, solar prices nosedive after China pullback floods global market. Um, Check this we we, we kind of talked about this before. I mean, China literally canceled, with a policy change, uh, literally canceled about 20 gigawatts of Subsidies, right? Subsidy. Well, no projects. They, they mm -hmm. canceled the subsidies because they couldn't. They, they couldn't and didn't want to pay out the subsidies. Right. But that canceled through effect um, 20 gigawatts of actual install projects, ready to projects go, that to were deployed. ready to go. Yeah. Uh, now, it kind of makes sense that these suppliers, these factories who 
just crank out solar panels all day long. They're mm -hmm. running at a certain volume in order to support this projected demand. Yeah. And when a demand of that size disappears, that you're going to get a glut in the market because they're running it capacity. They've already filled their warehouses. Where, do, where now, they, now they need to sell it. So we've seen a pretty significant drop of polysilicon panels to the tune of 5% so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, there we're talking about. Um, uh, well, I mean, there's this great graph that I'm looking at right here, right? So they're talking yeah, you about. Like that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's because like, you know what it is. It shows, it shows, it shows right, right exactly where China's policy was enacted, and then where it. Well, they're talking about the price per watt of panels. And mm -hmm. over the course of the last year, we've had this kind of up and down for various reasons. Uh, and they're looking at getting down, you know, in the territory of, geez, not quite a quarter. But the reason I find that interesting, price per watt, right, mm -hmm. is that, you know, we've we've been talking years past that. Uh, could panels make it to a quarter, mm -hmm. right? And it never, never quite did. It was in the 30s and that kind of territory for a little bit. Well, 30 is still the general number that everybody accepts, you know, when right. you're doing rough numbers. And we're, that's, that's yeah. what we, and we're talking about large-scale purchasing, you know, right. Massive amounts uh, for solar farms, things like that. Um, but what, what I heard actually after I'd read this article uh, was that we will see it, you know, hit down to about 27. 26, maybe 27.8 today. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So we could get down a little bit further, but that that is unlikely to get into the American or the U.S. supply at any, anywhere near those numbers because of the tariffs. It's probably going to go to more of the developing countries. A lot of those uh, that product out there. Sure. That's at least what I'm getting from different people in the sure. industry. Sure. So. But there's a lot of other countries who are doing a lot of other installs, and mm. so I think it's it's going to benefit their bottom line. They're probably buying up. I mean, I don't expect this glut to last very long. Mm. Honestly, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I mean, there's definitely some movement out there, and uh, in you know, in, in solar panel prices as a result of this uh, this this change in policy over in China. So that is that. All right. So what else we got going on here? We got uh, the Bloomberg article. That was, that was one. The next one yep. is power engineering, okay? Uh, but this is actually from a Bloomberg report. So it's wind and solar to reach mm -hmm. nearly 50% of total generation by 2050. Now, this is a report that's talking about all the generation on the entire planet. So we're, we're looking right. at every kind of uh, potential generation. And the interesting bit here is where you see oil pretty much completely disappear. Yeah, amazing, right? That's and, like and, yeah, and yet natural gas and coal are still very, very prevalent. Right. Why, why, why does oil disappear specifically? And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. It's probably mm. a cost issue. I mean, coal and natural gas are... Yeah, it's a great graph. It's easier like this to manage, this kind of graph. You, 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 like you do want to look this up. This is from Power Engineering. That's power-eng.com. Mm -hmm. um, it is a Bloomberg article, Wind and Solar to Reach Nearly 50%. Um, unfortunately, I think it's kind of slow. Oh, it needs to be faster. No, it, needs to, it needs to be faster. We, we keep talking about this. It's actually cheaper to go faster, even though mm. like, over the over the long term. Um, that's something we're actually going to touch on in another article here. Well, they got minute. some pretty significant reductions here that they're chalking this up to. They said that the level will be reached in part by a boom in battery storage. Mm -hmm. and that probably answers part of that question, right? Yep. So, yep. Uh, in terms of you know no longer using peaker plants, but using storage to be able to modulate or you know needs in the grid, right? Right. As technology is expected to dramatically drop in cost, that storage provides stability for intermittent solar and wind production. Right. What we were just talking about: total battery storage investment from now through 2050 is expected to reach 1.29 gigawatts, or about 500 billion dollars. $148 billion. So we're seeing, um, yeah, big, big moves in battery storage uh, facilitating this. Well, I've, I've heard some interesting numbers about that. I mean, literally, the, the battery storage is going to like half in the next four years. Like that's battery that's, storage that's pricing. That's battery storage pricing. Okay. That's, that's extreme. Mm. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. There was, there's definitely going to be that many batteries on the market. Mm. Uh, there's so many people getting into battery technology. The factories are truly ramping up. And it's this thing that we've seen with polysilicon cells as they mm. come down, we're just talking about the prices dropping of, of panels. I mean, 10 years ago, what was the price of a, of a single panel? It was, it was many, many times what it is today. And right. the battery market is kind of going through the same thing right. right now. So if you really believe that, that, that the batteries are truly going to drop over time, then not necessarily four years, but in the next 10 years, which is a quarter of the lifespan of your average power plant, sure, um, that, that you could buy batteries much cheaper and this that's one of those tipping points that i always keep talking about is when it's cheaper to buy the renewable stuff versus the right old stuff right it's it it makes financial sense 
to buy it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Some of the statements in this article are really kind of sweeping. In the United States, both coal and nuclear power is expected to almost disappear from the power mix, at least with the current state of nuclear technology. Uh, I guess that's referencing fusion, right? I would hope so. I mean, I don't know if they lump fusion in with, with regular nuclear technology. It is, it's a different game. Uh, I don't expect, I mean, I've actually been doing a lot of research on fusion because if, if it does come down, then basically all this, this other renewable conversation goes away. Fusion right. is fusion is relatively safe. Sure. Um, doesn't have the crazy byproducts that we associate with fission reactors, uh, and and can be built in about the same time frame mm-hmm. as as a regular reactor. So but we're not there yet. But we're not. But as far as the technology goes, no, the French are the closest. But it's it's even if they get this reactor going, um, it's going to probably be about 15, 20 years before yep. we would see a real benefit where right. you can actually buy a technology or, or no. and build build with confidence that a reactor is going that. no climate so. change is not waiting you know for just that. just rounding this article out they had a lot of just great kind of like core points here this uh, electric vehicles will become a significant part of the power demand and grow to 3.461 terawatt hours by 2050 or 9% of the total electric demand. I yeah. mean, we're talking about 9% is going to be electrified transpo. That's like... Yeah, and this, that's wow. something I've been talking about. Because, In fact, I talked with uh, Greg Kresge from, from Miko when we were over in, on Molokai um, about this exact thing. I mean, are they really ready to take over the distribution of power for an entire yeah. sector that they've never had to deal with before and is, is really, really energy dense. I mean, there's a reason why we use the gasoline in, that we do in our cars is because of energy density, right? Well, the, the, the interesting <laughs> part about that is it's not strictly load. It's also potentially ballast. It's also potentially, you know, uh, assets, right? So sure. what does that mean in terms of the overall mix? I mean, those are the kinds of things Greg uh, is exploring out there right. in, in, you know, Molokai and uh, and then, you know, all, across Hawaii. That's what the, we had a Verge article on, on transportation here as well. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, we're, we're going to jump into some of this EV stuff. You want to move over into um Well, since we always Tesla? talk about EVs, you want to talk about Tesla? We can talk about this Tesla. This is a pretty um, dramatic, this is about as dramatic as one of our articles gets. I mean, Yeah, geez. right. Um, okay, so there's a wild email exchange between Tesla's alleged saboteur and Elon Musk. And this is a direct conversation that um, this is on Jalopnik, Musk, yeah right? ju- um, they're, they're part of the Kinja uh, network um, but I guess this this guy he's a disgruntled employee uh-huh. at one of the factories and he continued to mouth off and have a difference of opinion with a number of other employees uh, they actually moved him from one section to the other he was passed over from promotion he's i mean he's, he's slated to, to to leave basically yeah. um and so he engaged in a little um industrial espionage <laughs> right well, well he leaked before, information before he right? left so he actually pulled out of pulled a bunch of, of information um i guess he still had access to mm-hmm. systems and servers i don't know the details of exactly what was leaked they're they're keeping that kind of close to the chest um but there's, there's uh, this fully public email exchange that was between elon musk directly and this um Martin Tripp was his name, uh, who who was the the employee in question. Um, some of the interesting things in here, though, are that he was trying to he's trying to blow the whistle that there was a misprogrammed robot right. on the Model Three assembly line, and it punctured uh, approximately one thousand battery packs. Now, this is this is not necessarily the battery cell itself, but the um, I mean the entire the entire the entire gigafactory is robotic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally just chunked, 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 spitting out cars yeah. at the end of the line, and there's only a couple guys that work on the line <laughs> itself. Yeah. Um, so the robot is programmed to pick up the battery pack and move it into position, and then the other robots come down and install it and screw it down and whatever <laughs> else it takes. Um, but it has these fingers on it, and if you misalign it, it will puncture things. I right. mean, it's this huge pneumatic machine yeah. um, or hydraulic machine. Um, so it punctured the clamshell, which is the external housing for the battery pack. Um, after inspection, I believe a, a number of those particular packs that out of that thousand were actually um, resealed with, yep. with an epoxy, which may or may not be okay, and and then put back into, in, into the line. Um, so those were shipped and sold. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not entirely comfortable with that, knowing, knowing <laughs> what, like I know, what I know about lithium 
technology yeah. batteries. Um, so it can be a, can be a safety issue. That mm-hmm. said, I mean if it, I mean if it's just the, the plastic housing and the epoxy is done correctly, I'm gonna have to talk to a materials guy. But I'm pretty sure it's it's not. Seems you know I, I mean the thing about this article is that you're looking at this exchange between Elon Musk, this kind mm-hmm. of god of the industry, right? Sure. And this fellow, and it just seems it's very heated. It, there's some rancor here, and it just looks like this fella kind of has taken a pot shot at Tesla. That's I mean, that's the way I look at it. For sure, but I mean it, it could be seriously detrimental. I mean if he took a lot of lot of proprietary information as in shipping it to competitors or, or whatever it took. I mean they and, yeah, they even say that if he gets a, a, there's a civil suit which is almost inevitable because yeah, he broke of course. his he broke his uh, his non-disclosure cool. or whatever yep. and uh, that he'll probably be able to uh, escape uh, penalties by just declaring bankruptcy. So the, uh, the <laughs> sure. they're kind of you're kind of just fast forwarding this story and saying this guy is going to get crushed, and when it does, he's going to declare bankruptcy. He's not going to mean anything. But it's like, what's the purpose of this? You know, why is this guy doing this? I mean, is he trying? Because Tesla's in a very precarious position right now. Already, right. So it seems like it's trying to, you know, th- like this is. Th- I mean, just just from a general human perspective, if someone does something like this at this stage of the game. Uh, it, it, I I just don't get the read on this that he's doing something altruistic here, and he's trying to share pe- with people this potential safety concern. Is that what you're? Are you seeing that? Because I don't see that. I no, see I, don't, I, don't see, I don't. I don't see. I don't see that. He's, I think he's looking for a settlement. Yeah, right. He's looking for, yeah, that seems to <laughs> Hon- going. Honestly, I think that's where it's going. But um, how, however, I have seen a whole lot of Model 3s on Island recently. I yeah. guess the ship finally arrived. We've I've seen the gray one and the red one and whoever so, yeah, else is out there. Reds, um, yeah. If you do own one of these Model 3s and you would like to know if you have one of the the, uh, the affected battery packs, oh, uh, let us know here at the Solar Coaster because we'd be interested <laughs> to see to see about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, this next, that's what's going on with Tesla. Always a dramatic story with yeah. Yeah, right? you can't. You can't. Let's get away just from that. Let, let's jump in briefly into this uh, L.A. Times uh, sure. article here. L.A. Times, uh, California invested heavily in solar power. Yay! Yeah. Now, but now there's so much that they're actually paying other states to take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. So, 14 days during the month of March, um, California utilities actually paid utilities in Arizona to take power. Because they and California had too much, and they didn't really want to spin down their natural gas reactors because of, because of the time involved. And we've we've had this conversation before. Cost, yeah. Balancing balancing utility is not an easy job. Mm. You literally have demands that shift minute to minute, and it takes longer than a minute to spin up like a, a natural gas kind of generator you really have to fire fire up the boilers get the steam going I mean, how, how long does, yeah how long yeah. does it take you to uh, to boil a pot of water you know if, if, if you're waiting for your your water to boil <laughs> so that you can you can turn your air conditioner on i mean you're going to be sitting there and if you're watching that pot <laughs> totally so we're, we're seeing here that they i mean effectively the, the, the kind of interesting part of this whole article it's a pretty lengthy one and it talks about policy it talks about a, a variety of contradictions in policy that are happening on the mm-hmm. utility side and you know, and, um, they, they they do talk about things like the percentage of you know rooftop versus utility scale, which is pretty high, mm-hmm. about four point two percent rooftop. But I mean, the bottom line here is that you know, uh, contrary to what you might ever think is possible, California is paying between fifteen and forty five dollars a megawatt hour for Arizona to take power. Yeah. So saying, please take this power off our hands. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a bit of a cautionary tale, right? It's although I, who knows if it ha- what type of impact this has, uh, you know, well, financially. It's, it's, it's certainly a nice thing that that's that states on the mainland have. They have that <laughs> and they benefit the luxury to actually right. ship it across. Well, here we here if they need to. You know, like where are you going to send it? Well, here you, you get it. Your windows of the load bank, right? We have a seven fifty kilowatt load bank over in Molokai, and that's the way they get rid of power. Well, that's it. it. They burn it off into heat right so we don't have which is not the same you're not you're not you're not getting any money and you're not paying anybody to take it it literally gets blown off right 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 Um, so uh, anyway that's that's kind of a a unique thing that you might not expect to get a bunch of solar online and then you say hey somebody i'm gonna pay you to take it yeah the other the other thing that i found weird in this article though is that they're still building new like new natural gas plants Mm -hmm. right so that's that's kind of odd why? Well, it's just like what's happening, you know, the, the utility uh, makes money by building assets, right? That's what's been happening for years. So they see a need, they build it, and that, they build that into their rate structure. And what's happening here in Hawaii right now is that Governor Ige is trying to change that incentive. Right. So, that was that was the yeah. new bill, and I guess it was signed, right? No, that was the new one. I mean, he it's, put that it's, forward. It's, it's, literally, it's, it literally is just a PUC, a mandate for the PUC to reevaluate 
the incentive structure, right? right. I mean, that, so that's, that's this what is something is. that's but still that's, happening that's in the mainland. What's going on? I think California needs to look at that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So let's jump over to Hawaii. A couple of cool things going on. We just had the Verge conference. This is an article from GreenBiz.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lessons Hawaii's Clean Energy Transformation Transportation. Uh, you know, they, they, it's uh, you know basically. Um, I mean, they're, they're talking all about is the is the grid prepared to handle, or is the utility uh, utilities prepared to handle this new adoption of electric vehicles, and how can we go about motivating and incentivizing uh, the adoption of electric vehicles across the board, not just from individuals, but also for fleets and everything else, right? A couple of good art, good good quotes in here, Jay. What was the one mm-hmm. you liked? Oh, the one I lo- absolutely love is every day, twice a day, our transportation system fails. Right. And we're talking well, that, about that's that's refen- referencing traffic jams right. in the morning and the evening Doesn't as, work, as people man. go in. Um, they want to incentivize public transit, first of all. Hmm. Because that that saves a tremendous amount of energy. Right. Uh, but but it's not just about that. Um, there's there's all these guys. Um, the folks from Roberts Hawaii were there. The actual gentleman that runs the the, the bus um, system for for the state of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They're all talking about these large fleet vehicles. And for them, these battery operated vehicles, although they have pilot programs, you'll see every once in a while, um, for, the, for the majority of it, it there's still it's still cheaper to run a standard diesel bus. Right, as long as it's cheaper, it's not going to change. Right, it's yeah. not going to change, and that's what they're talking about, is incentivizing that. Now, they do reference a Bloomberg report which states at the current rate of battery drop it, and this is what I was talking mm-hmm. about before, the, the, the battery drop, uh, drop in pricing, um, electric vehicles unincentivized will be competitive mm-hmm. in 2024. Okay, so 6 years. So 6 years from now, 5 years from now, um, those if it's year if it's model year for cars then it's going to mm-hmm. be 5 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. But but that that's the that's kind of the tipping point where they can really start looking for these. And the fact that they don't have a really good infrastructure in place yet. Yeah. to charge these things either. Well, they talk about the infrastructure. I mean, the infrastructure is a huge part of this, right? Because yeah. it's kind of what's required for this to work. And uh, they're talking about a couple different ways to incentivize. We're going to have to move through this kind of quickly. But they're mm-hmm. talking about potentially, uh, uh, you know, incentivize in the same way that solar was incentivized with federal and state tax credits. They want to do something similar, or at least provide incentive for vehicles to be adopted. And if you get into the infrastructure piece of it, saying, for example, we'll finance the utility, or someone will finance the uh, the, the charging stations, uh, in, you know, be in their homes and as well as provide, you know, out throughout the, the the community, that could be a way to kind of motivate this. Maybe there's some other ways, too. So we'll have to keep an eye on this. Hopefully we'll see more and more incentives. Yeah, one, of the, one of the things we're going to see is a um, decongestion fee. Uh, yeah. I, which, well. which is concerning. I mean, it's going to be a big traffic. <laughs> <laughs> big toll booth. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, there was another article. We'll have to jump on this later, but that U.S. Department of Energy awarded $1.9 million to federal funding from NREL uh, for Hawaii to test uh, thermal desalinization on commercial scale here. That is something Brian Schatz has been involved with, a uh, Democratic senator from Hawaii. Uh, we will look more closely at that, and maybe in the next show, we are ready to head to our our main focus with uh, Mr. Michael Interior of right uh, Syndrome. And jump into our co- commercials first. Thanks. Uh, there you go. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. 
MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, welcome back, folks. That was our uh, great sponsors that keep the solar coaster on air. Keep us rolling. Thank you, sponsors. Yeah, we're really fortunate today to have an amazing guest uh, speaker here. Not only a guest speaker and an innovative guy, but also one of our sponsors, uh, the CEO of Sundrum Solar, Mr. Michael Lintieri. Welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Really appreciate you coming down. It's great to have you on island. Oh, and it's real tough to come on island. Let me tell you. Yeah, sure. Well, I can see this guy coming a mile away in this great Aloha shirt. He really kind of you know fit right in. Yeah. And right across the uh, the, the, stu the studio uh, parking lot, I go, I, that looks like Michael to me right there. <laughs> so, I, I kind of knew it. He told me about two minutes before I actually saw him. I was like, I'm wearing an Aloha shirt. I looked at myself and I'm like, Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. Aloha. I, I do enjoy the island. I it's, do enjoy. It. So yeah. you find. Find us here, uh, Mike. Welcome to Maui. Welcome. You've been to Maui many times, I suspect, yep. right? Many. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so Michael's out here, and he's going to be talking about his uh, amazing product line. We have done a little bit of work on uh, Sundrum in an earlier episode, but we're really excited to kind of dig deep. It is a technology that is kind of may, may not be so obvious to people. Uh, so you probably face that a lot, right? Quite but with, well, it's not so uh, may not be that obvious to everyone. It also has this tremendous potential in terms of just the amount of energy that you can. Uh, uh, you can influence, right? And uh, so let's uh, let's just kind of start right at the beginning and get a sense for your company and who you are and kind of how things started again. Just get, just kind of go over the basics so people that are tuning in right now can can uh, uh, can kind of get their head around what we do. So one of the so uh, my history with thermal goes way back, goes back into the '70s when I was a teenager. And one of the struggles that I always had was. Um, Photovoltaic and thermal seem to take disparate routes, not mm -hmm. together. And there's actually a lot of synergies there. So one, one of the problems with solar thermal is, or other technologies, is they try to get as hot as they possibly can. And that causes a lot of the issues that traditional solar thermal has. It's not that they, in terms of freezing or stuff like that, it's they get too hot, they flash, which means they turn into steam. Um, and whenever you get very hot, you also age the components so they don't last as long. This is traditional domestic hot water type of solar um, thermal yeah, you're talking about. Correct. Yeah. Um, whether you're using evacuated tube or glazed or concentrator is even worse. Right. Uh, type panel. So the challenge that we took up at Sundrum Solar is how do we come up with a panel, combined panel, that collects more energy than anyone else? using the combination of both electric and thermal. Mm. So a traditional solar thermal panel will do about 70%. Uh, right now, we're doing, uh, the PV panels are doing about 20, 22%. Mm -hmm. So in 2013, we, um, we basically set the record at 86%, and that's 86% delivered. Uh, we converted 91% on the roof. And we did that by cooling the PV panel. So our goal was to always cool the PV panel, never heat it up, because we always wanted to maximize the electrical energy, because the electrical energy is more valuable. A mm -hmm. unit of electrical energy is about three times more expensive than the same unit of thermal energy, mostly because it typically takes about 2.7 units of thermal energy to create one unit of electric energy. Oh, boy, okay. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in terms of typically steam turbine. Mm -hmm. type generation facilities. So we wanted to always cool the PV panel, but always grab as much thermal energy as you could. And we were delighted in 2013 that we achieved that record. You know, we still own that record. Uh, no one's touched it. Um, 
And one of the struggles that we had is about that same point in time, natural gas was going through the floor in terms mm-hmm. of its cost. Uh, we Our tipping point against natural gas, financials are very important to me. I can remember when uh, solar thermal was doing real well in the late 70s and 80s, and then the embargo ended, and you could get oil for 10 cents a gallon. You could get gasoline for 25 cents a gallon. I think I saw $4 a gallon up there. <laughs> yeah, um, don't, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it killed solar thermal at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? So being financially effective is extremely important. So as natural gas was going down, you know, we had 86% efficiency consumed. That's not generated, that's consumed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We knew that, you know, working to improve that efficiency wasn't going to change our financials that much. You Mm -hmm. know, we basically could do that 86% for about three hours a day. So we had to go affect time. And I I do have a couple white hairs on me. I do remember when uh, photovoltaic did not have inverters. Mm -hmm. And a photovoltaic panel would put out about 30 volts or 24 volts DC, and people were talking about DC homes. And photovoltaic really didn't take off until an inverter was added that could convert 30 volts DC to 120 volts AC. So uh, me and others, uh, Albert Nunes, uh, we were across the table at an Italian restaurant playing on napkins. And both of us had been working with heat pumps, which is a thermal inverter. Mm-hmm. For uh, you know, my first experience with it was back in 2009. We're talking to 2013 right now. We basically penciled out how we could solely drive a thermal inverter, a heat pump. No other source, just the sundrum collectors along with the PV panel that were underneath. And it worked. And basically what it meant is that 86%, instead of just three hours a day, we could now do it 16. There are places where we can do it, like here on the island, we can do it 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the conditions are right, you know, we'll directly deliver that thermal energy from the sun. And when conditions are not perfect, when it's cloudy, even at night, you know, we can take 70-degree energy and we can take that and deliver it to our thermal inverter, step it up to 100. We can step it up to 145 now. Um, the but you know when you're stepping up to 145 in terms of delivering to your client there's efficiencies mm-hmm. so you're really only delivering 135 um, being able to do that four five six times longer per each day we've basically taken our financial tipping point down from you know two dollars and fifty cents a therm or the cost of a natural gas unit that would be about three dollars a gallon of propane mm-hmm. And we've taken that down to where uh, we're below a dollar a gallon propane in terms of where our um, grid, uh, what what would you call it, grid balance or grid neutral energy point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where we're currently at 85 cents a therm uh, for a thermal unit of energy, and we're working to drive that down to 75 cents a therm. And, you know, we're young. You know, right. We're so still, still in there. startup mode. There yeah. is still room uh, for us to work to drive down costs. That's amazing. So I think we're looking for the word parity there for a second. Grid parity. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Thank yeah. you. Um, so that's, you kind of bring up a, an interesting point. You use the word startup, right? And I know mm-hmm. there's some people out there going to be listening to this going, well, oh, this is an opportunity for me. So, I mean, are you, sure. are you pre-IPO? I mean, is this kind of technology is something that you might go public with in the future? Or is it you have plans on this? I mean, not to not to spill the uh, you know the whole story, but I mean, just it does seem like a pretty innovative kind of um, you know game-changing technology. It really does. I mean, I've, I've, I've grew up in kind of an engineering family myself, and it's one of those things when I first saw it, it's like, why didn't I think of that? Right. It's, it's one of those ideas that you know, God, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're uh, an organically grown startup. Mm-hmm. Um, we're 10 years old. Some mm-hmm. people look at me and say, you're really not a startup when you're 10 years old. <laughs> but that, that leap or that course correction, you know, if we stayed with our base technology, we'd be we'd be gone, right? Because at mm-hmm. $2.50 a therm, not going anywhere. Right. It was three years ago that we made that course correction that course to what we call our harvest technology, right. where we added the inverter. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're organically growing. We're profitable. That's great. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, we have angel investment. We have no institutional investment. We, we basically are designing this that those core capital investments, we're not doing. You know, such that we'll eventually find a partner here, 
mm-hmm. that has you know the core manufacturing, has the core sales and marketing channels um, that we'll fit well with, and then we'll start we'll journey together with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously, the investors that we have, we want to get them the return on their investment at the time. Um, but you know, we we are still entertaining angel funders, stuff like that. We're not looking for a lot of money. We're profitable. We're right. growing. Um, we are looking for some seed investment to help get us to not seed, but some right. next level investment or really C round we call it to help us move a little faster mm. towards those partnerships. But it's really have the base technology, demonstrate the market, prove the market, and then go find a partner that has a lot of the core manufacturing and core um, channel right. capability. Uh, work with them and then expand. Expand at a much faster rate than you can when you're organically growing. Gotcha. Right. So like um, the this this manufacturing partner might have the ability to produce volume at a lesser cost yep. and be able to really bring it to oh, market they all will. across the... Because how we're doing it now, they will. Gotcha. So there's room in there for... <laughs> oh, there's quite a bit of room. Great. Yeah, room. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's exciting stuff. So, uh, okay. Well, what a history there, huh? Um, so, you know, there are some, uh, some, tech, some environments where this technology really takes off. Off, right. So there's. Um, can you tell us about some of the kind of hot spots, or areas where you can create a tremendous amount of value, or some of the low hanging fruit? We love to say that in this industry, right? Where's the low hanging fruit for Sundrum? Where do you walk in there and you just knock their socks off in terms of creating value? Uh, thermal customers that are uh, customers that are spending more than four thousand dollars a year on their thermal energy. Okay. Uh, verticals or vertical channels right now that are doing extremely well for us are hotels. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of those. They, you know. Um, they have a large hot water load mm-hmm. uh, that we can service. Um, so you know we're finishing up what well, we're finishing up three right now. We have two more on the books that are that are about to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hotel market is a very strong vertical for us that has been growing. It's going to continue to grow. Um, yeah. You know, one, one small, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but one of the things that I'm actually dealing with on a day-to-day basis is, you know, a lot of hotels out here I've put in PV, and uh, they maybe got the initial 100 kilowatt NIM, or they went into an SIA, Standard Interconnection Agreement, mm-hmm. and they did maybe 20, 25% of their load, you know, and they, they actually populated a lot of their roof space, right? Mm-hmm. So then from a from an outside perspective, you go, ah, oh, what are you going to do, right? I'm going to put in some carports, where, where can you go there's, next? There's but no the, more roof. <laughs> the amazing thing about Sundrum is that you could retrofit, right? And yes. integrate to the existing PV systems and take, even, take better advantage in, uh, of that roof space, right? That's the part where I think that it's really important for, if there's a, a people in the hotel industry. I've mentioned this a couple of hotel guys that I know. You know, we work with a lot of them out here, and they, I had to explain it a couple of times. I'm like, no, 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 we can do on the same roof, right? Yeah, here. we're doing it. <laughs> Our roof is already 80, full. No, you don't understand. It's not, it's not already full. <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing an 80 kW thermal. Yeah. So it's 120 collectors uh, retrofit on a um, in Palo Alto right now. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting because, and we definitely have. I was just talking to another uh, company, is actually a you know a big kind of CNI storage company that's trying to get involved with the space out here, and uh, and you know the conversation was well, you know these hotels they have they definitely don't have all their energy offset. And they definitely have an appetite for the tax credits, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so the, the, they're, they're saying, okay, what can we do next? They're, they're ready. They're out there. They're, they're, they have, they're ready to pull the trigger on something. It's just what, what is the best thing for them to pull the trigger on? Hmm. When they have a high propane bill, we, we, are, we are highly efficient, more efficient than any other technology out there in delivering thermal energy both heating, and we'll talk about our cooling too, I'm sure, but we're the most efficient manner to deliver thermal energy to someone today. Right. Our main problem is where our cost structure, which we kind of touched on before, basically starts at $4,000 a year and up. Mm -hmm. We, because, and and customers continue to pull us up, continue to pull us into the larger, places which is good uh, eventually we'll get around where we'll be able to start driving that down to you know the client who's only spending two thousand dollars a year on the thermal bill mm-hmm. uh, but we're not there yet but for those others um, whether it's heating or cooling we provide the most efficient solution we are OG 100 certified we are solar all of the 
solar tax credits and benefits that are out there, we are eligible for. That's that's amazing, right? So, and, and here's a, when we say thermal energy use at about $4,000 a year. So from a homeowner's perspective, 350 bucks or something a month, right? And we're talking about the combination of- Well, that's their air thermal- con Air conditioning mode. as well as uh, water he uh, heating or Absolutely. just the combination. So it's space heating, so, space cooling, hot water heating, spa heating, pool heating. Right, so that in Hawaii, that's 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 kind of a target that you could see being very possible for a lot of the a lot of the homes out here. If people are running air conditioning in a two thousand square foot home, yeah, it's there. It's and then you and there. they got a pool, oh, and, and if they got a pool, boom, you're right there, right? And then you know, and and up until now, one of the problems is people often have PV deployed on these homes, mm -hmm. and so they're like, well, I don't have a lot of space. I can't use. I don't have the space to put in an EcoSpark system or a helical system, just a pool thermal system, right? right. Uh, but in actuality, you're like, yeah, you do. It's under the panels. <laughs> I I mean, that's and, the it, and it makes part. your PV more efficient. Yeah, it makes, oh, geez, that's just, on. that's the kicker. And you get your air conditioning in a more efficient way where for your air conditioning, you're using less electricity to supply it. Mm -hmm. Really exciting stuff. So what about, one of the big questions that we get all the time is longevity, right? Mm -hmm. So with something like this, where we are moving water around, there are, there is, you know, copper tubing, there is, uh, right, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So what is the anticipated, like, life cycle of this kind of a system? Can you give us a sense of that? So we test everything for, actually, let's, um, so I'm very happy to sign guarantees up to, or warranties up to 25 years. Our standard warranty is 10. Wow. Uh, the testing that we do, we've now extended it to 50 years. So okay. on the collector itself that's underneath the PV panel, yeah. um, our UL certification that we have. Uh, so we're very eligible for commercial because we mm. have a UL cert. Um, our spec or our uh, quality control manual says we have to go to 25 years. We go to 50 mm -hmm. and we don't have fails. We, we don't have fails. So... Um, the having a system, and that's part of our cost, right? You know, we're a little more expensive than others, mm -hmm. but we last. And the, the other nice thing, you're talking to a solar thermal company that's been around for more than 10 years. Right. You know, <laughs> that's, that's something right um, there. <laughs> and we're a PVT company that's been around for more than 10 years. There are PV companies that haven't lasted that long. Right. And, and those systems that are now, the oldest one's now 11 years, it still runs. That's still running fine. Yeah, it's a big deal because if you have uh, like a you know a few thousand panels out there and you were to do a you know a really substantial retrofit, mm -hmm. and then you'd want to be able to you know make sure that it's doing its job and that in the you know the O and M is kind of not you know too not too uh, expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great to hear that you've tested it out to fifty years and that you is that is that open loop, closed loop, glycol solution? Uh, stuff? So is, the vast I'm going to ask deep questions. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that, the vast ma we can work drain back. Okay. Uh, vast majority of the time we do closed loop. Okay. Because it's lower pump power, less electricity. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just for our listeners here, what do we mean by a closed loop and drain back? What's the difference of those two? Uh, drain back means the system's open to atmospheric pressure that when the pump is off, the collectors drain their fluid. Uh, it's, it's a preferable solution where you are worried about freezing or overheating. Okay. Mm -hmm. In either places where you have either extreme possible. Mm -hmm. uh, closed loop means. It's a closed system where the weight of the water coming off the roof helps push the weight of the water going up the roof. Okay. Uh, atmospheric system, you have to have the power to push it up uh, because it's open to the atmosphere, so you're using considerably more pump power when you have a drain back system. Um, and you know the nice thing is some of the pumps that are out there right now, small systems that we use um, an alpha with, it's 10 watts. You know my pump power is 10 watts. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, well, it's oh. my, my light bulb's sixty. <laughs> well, you know, you, not not if it's an LED light bulb. Yeah. No. But you know, it, it starts to get in that ballpark, and we're doing some of these commercial systems. We what well, we have a ten-ton commercial system that um, I was doing some uh, debug on, and we have another one running in Illinois, uh, where the pump power that were the total pump power for a ten-ton system was less than three hundred watts total. Of circulators. And Ten and ton. How much is? I mean, give us a sense of the volume of that. What does that actually so look like? <laughs> a uh, a ten-ton system is 120 collectors, so 120 that's PV. 120 panels. panels. Okay. 120 so PV panels. That big. <laughs> um, and it's uh, what? It's like a 90 kW thermal. Mm -hmm. It's a good size system. Mm -hmm. nice. It's commercial. 
And the, yeah. we're, we're saying <laughs> the, hope so. the circulatory <laughs> system of that is only 300 watts. That's, that's, what you're saying? that's what you're saying to run to run the circulation. The circulation is only 300 yeah, watts. And I, I'm pulling. Uh, let's do the conversion. Um, <laughs> Real quick. About 40,000 uh, kilowatt hours. Nice. Of thermal energy. Nice. Using 300 watts of pump power. That's amazing. Nothing. So, um, yeah, what I'm what I'm hearing, I mean, it's 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 harder to make sense financially for for small residentials, but um, industrial processes was one of the things we had talked a little bit earlier, um, and and this is really kind of cool. We're actually doing this um, in reverse order. We're going to go to um, Maui Brew again, who we've also had interviews with, and discuss some of the potentials. Now, this is a company. Uh, breweries, distilleries, they their business basically is moving thermal energy around to produce mm-hmm. a product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which so it, so it makes total sense that these guys would be very, very interested. In. Have, have you seen a lot of success in that realm? Uh, it's one of the Do new verticals lot? that we're opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we currently have, uh, and, and we're waiting to sign one, because it makes a lot of sense. Um, we currently have four mm-hmm. that are currently being worked to work the closure. Mm-hmm. And they use both cooling energy. Let's be careful. So cooling is the removal of thermal energy. Right. And you got to put it somewhere. And we do both very well. And we do both more efficient than any other solution out there. And a brewery, distillery, or wine, not so much winery, but breweries and distilleries are so much, about, and breweries more, are so much about both chilling their beer mm-hmm. and heating to actually create the beer in the first place. So... There's great synergies there where one of them's going to happen pretty soon, and then once we have the case study of that, that'll just explode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're you're heating the what is it called again? That the, the oh, there's a word for that. That initial the musk or something like that. That initial mm-hmm. section of the beer you're heating it, but then you're also you're you're cold crashing it right to like keep the yeast from continuing to ferment or something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that you're making major thermal kind of and also uh, preserve changes, it, right? Right. And then and, to preserve it. And what we allow is. Uh, when you're chilling it is really the removal of thermal energy. Today, most of the time, they take that thermal energy and they throw it out. Right. What we allow is we can take that thermal energy and transfer it to your heating part of the process. Yep. Usually they're running both a chilled water loop and a, and a hot water loop and sometimes more than one type of hot water loop. Mm-hmm. And, and they also have a steam loop. Uh, we basically give you a way to instead of throw out that thermal energy, reuse it. And then in terms of delivering the balance of either heating or chilling, the PV array that you have out there while we're cooling it to give you more electricity yeah. provides you that balance. So there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of play, I, I call them dual mode or the old fashioned stain is two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many places, our our most common system, all right, or the system we, we recently won the 2017 Association of Energy Engineers, and I should say one of our systems won it, um, uh, International Innovation Award, which we really like because it was a relatively small system. It was, it was a 2,800-square-foot home with mm-hmm. a pool. That uh, we what we provided eighty six percent of their space heating. No solar system in a winter climate has ever done that before. So that was a record. We supplied near one hundred percent of their air conditioning. No, nope, that's never happened before either. Mm-hmm. All of their pool heating, seventy eight percent of their electricity, and about eighty four percent of their hot water. Um, and what that was doing is. In the summer, we were taking the heat out of the house. The you need to think of thermal as an energy. It is right, and cooling is the removal of that energy. So we were taking the heat out of the house, cooling it down, making it comfortable for them, and we were putting it in the pool during the day. So with one unit of energy. And today, someone has their air conditioner on using a unit of energy to cool the house down at less efficient than we can do. Mm-hmm. And they have a burner on their pool heating their pool. So we're literally using one unit of energy to do this uh, versus two, so great savings. Um, and then at night, if we heat the pool up too much, then we'll use the... Uh, 
PV array basically as an antenna or a mm -hmm. radiator to radiate that energy to space. And about the thing that I like or I'm very excited about is about 40% of that energy uses the black body effect and it leaves the planet. No other air conditioner does that. Every other air conditioner from the planet is really a heater because mm -hmm. okay? it takes, it removes the thermal energy from the space, throws it all onto the outside, and then all the electricity that it uses that converts the thermal energy, it throws that outside too. So the net sum game is it's really a heater more than a cooler. We use about 15% electricity to do it, so and we're throwing 40% out. Um, so we're really a cooler both to the planet and others. So that excites me too. So. Right. <laughs> Scale it up yeah. and get everybody out there using the black body effect. That's, that's, right? pretty, that's pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> mo moving that to commercial would, is would be uh, nice. next. Uh, to commercial. Right. So our largest systems right now that are doing that is seven tons. Okay. And we're trying to work to get to commercial level where 50 tons and up. Mm -hmm. And that will be great. And all of a sudden, if we start talking breweries, mm -hmm. you're talking the 50-ton style system, right. which is great. Right. A huge amount. It's always so difficult to understand. Is this, if you're, you're taking heat and making air conditioning out of it. How does that work? <laughs> it's, and, and think, think of it as energy, just like mm -hmm. electricity. Right. Heat is energy. Yep. Right. The absence of heat is cooling. Right. right. So to cool something down, you have to take that energy away. And put it somewhere And you've got to put it somewhere. Right. You know? which, gotcha. is, which is where last year's phrase of the year came from. Oh, number one quote <laughs> number, of the year. The number one quote of the year was. <laughs> you want to say it for us? Can you? Uh, do pool it, do is it. great. Thermal battery. <laughs> pool is yeah, fantastic. Love Everybody loves that one. Everybody loves that it's, one. It's, it's, it makes perfect sense. Like I said, it was one of those, one of those aha moments. I, uh, I know Jay wants to jump into um, Future Focus right here. A um, little bit. And do you want to go right into that? I, my, I, my, go, my, go my, my very basic question is, are we on the cusp of like a breakout technology right now? I mean, because in my mind, I, I hear this. And I think other other people that are in the PV industry or people, clients that have had PV or thinking about their energy usage and are kind of trying to figure out solutions, they are like, why isn't this, why isn't this everywhere right now? There's, you know, and so my, in my mind, I'm like, are we just on the corner? Are we just rounding a corner out here? You're going to make a partnership with a company and scale it up, and it's going to be everywhere. <laughs> we're, we're still in the education phase. So people need to understand people its use understand case it. better. It needs to get out there more in terms of people feeling. I, I just got a call from another architect today, mm -hmm. engineering firm, and. Though we're working to try to educate more, we're still in an education phase. Gotcha. In terms of the point where this becomes like a household or accepted and broadly used all over the place, we're probably five years away. Five years out. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just ate up the future yeah, focus. No, that's all right. Not a problem. Future <laughs> focus always gets it in the end. Um, real quick, you want to tell us about that? We were talking about desalinization as a, as a, as a, as a possible use for... In, in there, minute, you know, that's probably three years out before that three really years goes. Out but, you know, the nice thing uh, in terms of utility, one of the largest needs for thermal energy is purifying water. Mm -hmm. And we have a very effective solution for it. Uh, we did some work with MIT yep. on, on it a number of years back. We will eventually get the powers to be on the utility scale to move forward with a prototype on our desal That's type something solution. to keep our eyes open for. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Well, cool. we can't thank you enough, uh, Mr. Michael Lentieri, CEO of Sundrum Solar, for being on the show. Thanks for your support of the Solar Coaster, and thanks for the uh, education process that you've been doing over the years, the last 10 years, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, participate in that moving forward. So, hey, folks, this has been the Solar Coaster, where Renewable Energy Theme Talks you right here in Maui County, uh, sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, yeah, we'll have, we'll have Friday. Hey folks, have a great weekend. <laughs>